you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. You ready? Y'all ready? Everybody ready? Shackalacka, bam. All right, we're rolling. This is the first podcast that we will be recording from Nashville 2019 NWTF Turkey Convention. Jordan. I'm excited to be here once again. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, today we have with us someone. I've been trying to get you on a podcast for a while now, good sir. It ain't because my schedule's full, that's for sure. No, I don't want to hear it. You've been ducking and diving me. (laughs) We don't have very good sales service in Livingston, Alabama. Yeah. Well, that's a good enough introduction, is any. Um, Mr. David Hawley, uh, the, the the great mind behind Wild Turkey Report. If you don't follow that on, on the main that main platform, I, I mean, I don't do I don't honestly I don't get on Twitter very much, but I'm mainly on Instagram. You don't and get on Twitter? I don't get. I don't. I still I use it from time to time. I know you still you still use the Twitter, but Instagram is mainly what I what I follow y'all on, but. Um, yeah, Twitter's more for incoherent ramblings about turkey hunting. Yeah. Laments from the woods. You know, if I get whooped, talk about, <laughs> you know, this hunt was brought to you by Kleenex and Pepto-Bismol. <laughs> I need one of the Twitters then because I get whooped a lot. Great place to be in. Uh, Everybody's real real courteous on there. That's a very generous statement. Um, but, other man, honestly, other than, I mean, like the fact that you run the Wild Turkey Report is cool, but – I, I've I don't know if I've met any people that's ex, ex, that is as eccentric about turkey hunting as you are. Mm, that's a big word. Eccentric. I think, I think that means fancy. It, th- it's th- fancy for mm. fancy meaning for something. You ought to ask my wife her thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, on the word eccentric. Look, on, your, on our first on, date, she said that her dad killed a turkey on the day that they were that she was born and threw it in the freezer i said we may be cooking with gas with this one. <laughs> you understand what i'm stepping in that's yeah. a good juju smell it yeah she told she swore that she'd never marry uh, a, a small town boy and never and she's from a small town obviously and never marry a small town boy and somebody that hunts and now we're living on a farm and you know i see her about 320 days out of the year <laughs> <laughs> how long is turkey season that fit right in there? 45, <laughs> 45 days. 46 days. <laughs> oh, well, good, man. Look, let's uh, we let's dive right into it. Um, you, I tell you what, you did do. You, you are by far, and I'm not, I'm not. This, you are the most prepared podcast guest I've ever had. Mm. I mean, I mean that in a good way. I was like, okay, we got some stuff to go off of. Cause who, who else have you been interviewing? I mean, uh, you don't come in with a plan. With I mean, this, it's, you're gonna it's fail. Jordan a lot. My, so what do you? Here we go. My plan of attack is usually late. Going, hey, we're finna do a podcast. I say, okay. Enjoy. <laughs> we, we don't talk about. Um, uh, we're gonna talk about deer hunting. Look, let's today. talk about how we turkey hunt in the early season. Okay, shoot from the hip. Pow, pow. You know. But well, that's where a lot of good conversations happen. This may sound completely regimented oh no no today trust me nothing's completely regimented when me and jordan are involved we'll chase some rabbit holes um but i mean man let's just follow what you what you went with let's talk about your thoughts on the on the southeastern turkey numbers well you know the turkey report has given me personally a lot of insight into what other people are seeing and and thinking and of course uh i have a lot of fun doing it because you know I'm, i'm basically having my spring that I'm having, and then I'm getting tagged and, you know, photos from, I think last year we had, you know, over 5,000 people tagged us in, in the hashtag WTR18. So right. I'm able to kind of see how spring's going for a lot of people. And there's a lot of, I hate to use the word concern, but I'd just say discussion about <clears throat> where are numbers headed across the country on wild turkeys. Yeah. And I don't think it's a time to panic. But I think that there's things that in the past that maybe the average uh, land manager and, and turkey, uh, you know, uh, person that's passionate about turkey hunting didn't have to do as far as management is concerned. Right. Then now you just got to tell yourself that that's a part of the deal now. If you love to chase turkeys, you need to be doing these things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of studies that states are doing right now across the southeast about are turkeys in decline? And if so, what's the reason? And all the 
all the evidence points that there are some broad scale situations going on that are that need to be addressed um i'll just kind of run through you know some of this and and let me just preface all this by saying i'm not a biologist i'm just a guy that like you said obsesses over turkeys and as much as i love to hunt turkeys i'm not what you would call a turkey killer i'm not a guy that's gonna punch my five alabama tags in the first week but i absolutely love turkeys and i love raising turkeys almost as much as i love hunting them um and I think that's something that I have a responsibility yeah. to, to do, um, yeah. as we say around Mossy Oki, gamekeeper. So my my whole deal is is that, you know, and again, I'm not a biologist. Uh, I've always asked the question, you know, with, when it comes to declines is, are we, are we killing too many turkeys who we're not raising enough? And all the evidence points to that. The there where areas where there are declines and get me don't get me wrong there's areas that man things are thriving and even lo- uh, yeah. very localized areas I mean over there where you all have hunted in the past uh, Circle M that whole broad right. area right there around yeah. the Knoxby River is is flourishing right now it's, yeah it's fine I, it's, it's fine okay <laughs> yeah, it, there's nothing, nothing wrong, wrong that, there yeah. and uh, you know they've got great habitat they manage well and they're raising a lot of turkeys yeah. year in and year out yeah. so their recruitment is is excellent so. Just to give you an example of what I'm talking about in, in the reported and research declines in mm-hmm. uh, pulp production, which that's where it all starts. You know, if you don't raise a turkey, Absolutely. you ain't going to be hunting them two years later. Right. Uh, South Carolina began a uh, late summer pulp recruitment survey in, in 1982. And, and they do the late summer because mortality in the early part of the summer, you know, if you see a pulp, you know, the 1st of May, I mean, statistically speaking, that pulp may not be there right. in August, yeah. so they yeah, that's they, what, they like a two month period right there where they're most. Oh, absolutely. They got yeah. a lot of enemies and a lot of things. Yeah, working a lot of them. enemies. So, yeah. uh, in prior to eighty eight, excuse me, eighty eight, which means that basically that survey had been running seven years, the average recruitment was three and a half pulps per hen, and what that means is uh, of the hens that they saw. If they didn't have a pulp, they were counted. If they had ten, they were counted. The right. average was three and a half pulps per hen. And since then, the average recruitment in in the state of South Carolina has averaged 2.1, with levels staying below two pulps per hen since 2010. And basically, biologists have said that you have to have, on your pulp per hen counts, 2.0 or above to basically be uh, uh, growing in your population. Right. Anything below that means you're in decline. So that's one state. Mississippi, which is where you are from, right. uh, their 2017 comp plan indicated that since peaking at 2001 with 2.7 point, uh, pulps per hen, that the pulp per hen figures uh, have been below 2.0 in the years since, with the lone exception being 2012 at 2.1. 2.1. And, yeah. You know, so those things right there do uh, uh, point that there's some concern going on, and and. I don't know that there's necessarily a silver bullet. Like if we do this one thing, yeah. you know, all of our – but you you think about the life cycle of a turkey, especially in the recruitment process. You know, when, when that egg is laid there, it is so vulnerable to, I mean, just everything. everything. I mean, from coons, possums, skunks, uh, red crows. Ants. Red ants. Yeah, I mean, there's just everything that can eat it. So mm. – I have, and I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not trying to jump ahead, but just to kind of spoiler alert on where I focus my trapping, you know, it's it's on pulp, pre- I mean, excuse me, nest predators, because, yeah. you know, if you can get them out of the egg, you basically got 14 days until they fly, and statistically speaking, their mortality rate just starts to plummet, because right. once they fly, you know, they, they've got a lot less predators, yeah. and, 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 and the predators are a lot less effective on yeah. them, so. So, is that what you're saying, so. You know, I'm kind of I kind of in the same mindset as you are when it turns. I've I've learned in most situations, like you know, like you said, silver bullet. I don't think there's ever just one no. factor. Mm-mm. Like, hey, the problem is this. There may be one predominant factor, but then there's there's always a bunch of other things. Yeah. But if I was if I was to ask what your opinion it was on what the the biggest what's their biggest setback right now? You, you predators is where I, I'd where you say, would lean on. I'd say uh, nest predators. Um, but and here's the, the 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 thing, and I 
I post a lot of pictures on Turkey Report about trapping, and somebody comes in and says, well, hey, you need to be doing habitat. Well, absolutely. They are so interconnected. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you have great habitat, uh, your your predation is not going to be as, as impactful because – you you know, there's habitat. better nesting habitat, right. brood rearing habitat. You can hide those eggs. Yeah, if yeah. you if you've got poor habitat, and and that's something I'll dive into that I I do think is a broad scale concern across the southeast now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you got poor habitat, uh, it, it makes it so much easier for those uh, nest predators and poult predators to be effective. So they yeah. they absolutely interchange. Yeah. Uh, but as I tell people, and this is a pretty uh, extreme. Uh, I guess you'd say example if a, if an egg's laid here on the floor and it never gets eaten, it's it's going to hatch. Right. So part of you know what I I focus on is is providing good habitat and making sure my habitat efforts are magnified and maximized by having an aggressive nest predator trapping regimen. Yeah. Um. So. Um. And, and this just to kind of go back, this is the South Carolina study. Uh. They, they they collared hens in the last, I think, three years, and 88 hens were monitored during nesting season. There were a ter- total of 70 nest attempts, and 60% of those nests were destroyed by predators. Holy smokes. I mean, that's – how in the world do they ever survive? 60%. Yeah. 60%. Never made it out of the egg stage. I don't, I don't know how many, you know, nests I see busted up in, yeah. at the end of the turkey season when mm-hmm. hunting still. You see a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's that really, I didn't know 60%. All right, here, here's something mind-boggling I saw. You, you remember Love it, the late Lovett Williams? You know, he was a, yep. a, just kind of the iconic uh, yep. uh, researcher. He estimated that of a 1,000 eggs that were laid, four would make it to four years old. Four. That's, That's unbelievable. Crazy. So when you hold a turkey with an inch-and-a-half spurs, buddy, you're holding a golden egg. Basically. Yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. Gracious. So, just to kind of dive into, you know, for for beginners, you know, that are getting started. I mean, um, I I broadly classify anything that eat an egg as a nest predator. I mean, that's that's again your coons, your possums, yeah. your skunks. I mean, hogs, hogs. Yes, I mean that's that's a big issue and a hot topic. I know throughout the southeast and a lot yeah. of the country now. I hate um, hogs. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. And, and a lot of what they do is probably incidental. They're not seeking out, but a lot of the areas that they like to root in, you know, your places that have grass and stuff like that, that's where you your nesting is. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have some. So they're just as big of an en- enemy as someone that's trying to, you know. <laughs> oh, like yeah. Like you said, a hog's not seeking out a nest, but he's a creature of opportunity. He comes yeah. across it. You're gonna I mean, they're, they're, they're going to go all through the woods and just, you know, wreak havoc. And, yeah. You know, they're kind of like the locust in the in, in the in the Old Testament, yeah. you know, I think it's a sign of the end times. <laughs> <laughs> a plague of hogs is what we got. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, the good thing about your nest predators is, is, and I, I'm, I'm all about saturation. Mm. And, and, and I basically, we invested in on our farm, uh, I mean, I'm running 35 to 40 traps right now for my nest predators. Um, and, I really try to focus on the months where I'm going to be effective in impacting mm-hmm. the hatch. Right. Trapping coons and possums in June, July, when those eggs have already been hatched, and it's a long ways until the next you right. know cycle, yeah. probably isn't going to be effective. It's going to be fun. It's going to give you something to do in the summertime. Right. Uh, it's going to be tough to catch them then, too. Yeah. So I try to, when things, when I'm getting a little bit closer in the, say, three to four months before the nesting season, okay, that's when I'm really going to hammer them. Okay. Um, Interesting. And try to because they, and I've talked to trappers, I've talked to biologists, they don't infill as quickly as, say, I mean, because their home rangers are smaller. Right. Um, now, there's a lot of them. Um, I, I, there's a guy that's probably our most renowned trapper in Alabama, a guy named Sean Phillips. Um, probably one of the most knowledgeable people I've ever talked to on, on predator control. And he estimated in the southeast that there are 60 coons per square mile, which is 640 acres, 200 possums, which I thought was crazy until yeah, I started you catching. You yeah. don't see that many possums. Yeah, you, you know, don't see that when many. When you're deer hunting or whatever. Right, right. You know, see, well, me and Lake saw six in one day yeah. last year. 
That's yeah. crazy. They was rutting. Blew our mind. I'd go right back in there with about ten traps and end that problem. Did you see his eyes sparkle when you said that? Said, Ooh, boy. Six There's an opportunity. <laughs> Six. <laughs> but uh, it, it, he said on the coyotes and bobcats, which, you know, that's what I kind of consider. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, a coyote finds a nest, uh, a nest he's going to eat those eggs. I mean, he ain't going to say, oh, yeah. oh, I'll get you, you know, in a few weeks. I mean, he's going to eat them. Opportunity, um, you know. Yeah. Opportunist, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he said the, the coyotes, you know, you're running between uh, 12 to 16 coyotes per square mile, two to four bobcats. Right. His thing on the pulp, uh, the pulp predators, which, you know, is your coyotes, your bobcats, your foxes. Um, and, of course, there's birds of prey that we can't do anything about yeah. uh, on your pulp predators. But he said that bobcats are by far the worst because the way they hunt, mm-hmm. you know, they'll stay with a group of turkeys until they catch one. Right. Now, coyotes, he said, are more opportunistic. Yeah, you know, I mean their their primary, you know, food source is going to be uh, carry on and things yeah. that have got roadkill and stuff right. like that. Um, so those numbers are pretty staggering. You yeah. know, when you start thinking about how, how how many sets of teeth are out there yeah. that can impact turkeys, and how many of those that are, like you said, that are not opportunistic ones right. that are like going to go after it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, but it's. Um, I just, um, I really, we had a terrible 2015 season. Just didn't see many jakes, and that's just what sparked the fire in me. I said, you know what? Okay. I'm responsible for this farm, you know, that we've been entrusted in making sure that the wildlife here thrive. Mm-hmm. And said, so we got a problem with raising turkeys, and so I've started. Now, you know, you're not going to all of a sudden, you know, trap, and then the next year you're going to go out there and you're going to be, you know, flushing 60 Holts out of the road. It's right. a gradual thing, and it takes time, and you'll get frustrated at times. Yeah. But it's something that you can make a fun part of your whole passion for turkey hunting mm-hmm. and, and land management. It's a great thing to get kids involved in. I mean, trapping trapping coons and possums is pretty easy. Yeah. I mean, it's not rocket science. And I it's mean, not boring. Either. No, it's not boring. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love doing it. Now yeah, it's pretty fun. You put your trap out. Oh, I'm finna get it. Yeah, yeah. I still there we go. My, my good friend Keith. I remember him sending me a picture. of His two boys. I don't know if you watched the show. Those yeah. two boys shot mm-hmm. their first turkeys on the show. They he had them out there when they was smaller than they are now. Out there catching possums and stuff in the backyard of their house. You know, yeah. I mean, like it's it's uh, it's uh, yeah, it's an easy way to get stuff. You know, like I said, kids into it and yeah. stuff. Absolutely, yeah. My wife and I got one on the way, and that, I can't wait. Of course, can't wait for him to kill his first turkey, but I can't wait to get him involved because he can, he can tag along with me, you know, when he's yeah. a toddler, you know, yeah. checking traps. Right. But, uh, you know, when you get into your coyote and bobcat trapping, I mean, that is an art form. Yeah. And honestly, that's something that I don't, I don't have the time to really be effective with that. I mean, it's just, you know, I can put out, you know, 30, 45 traps and check them from the truck, and it's just, it's easy to be time efficient and trap yeah. your coons and possums. I mean, I'm not, I'm not forced now the way it is. I'm not forced to trap and check my traps every day. Right. Um, you know, I can check them three or four days. Yeah. And honestly, in a lot of places, it's gotten where I'm ha- having a hard time catching, which I guess is a good thing. Yeah, it means you're making an effect. Yeah. But I can see, yeah, because bo- a bobcat's a different level of slick. Yeah. Yeah. Coyotes, too. Yeah. I, mean, I watched Austin Delano put out trip, traps mm-hmm. down a sledge place yeah. in Alabama. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was something I've never seen anybody do that. And he, he takes his time and it's an sifting art. the dirt over just right and putting out the right scent. Yeah. Yeah. I had a buddy when I was in college get into trapping coyotes. Mm-hmm. And he got into that like I, like like we get into chasing turkeys. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it, yeah. I had no idea how much went into it. Yeah. Like like you said, the scent and the waxing the traps and all that. I was like, whoa. Oh, it, it's an whoa. art form. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So – what I would tell people, you know, if people were wanting to get involved in trapping, you know, and wanting to trap their place, uh, we, we have a professional trapper come in for about three weeks. Okay. Um, he came in in February and did pretty well considering the weather. It was just terrible weather for trapping. But the hope is uh, that basically you've gotten some of your resident coyotes and bobcats out of the way heading into the poult season. Now, right. If you really wanted to be, if you if you had to say, all right, this is the three weeks I'm going to get a trapper to come in to make the biggest difference on my pulp predators, you're probably going to want to do like the last couple weeks in April, first week of March. Now, I mean, excuse me, May. Um, now, a lot of people are still chasing turkeys on their place then and don't want someone in there checking every day. Um, so, you know, heck, have you a trapper lined up 
the first week of May, you know, and try yeah. to – because your poults are typically in the south, in at least Alabama, Mississippi, typically going to be hitting the ground, you know, the first or second week of May. Right. Uh, and they got basically 14 days where they're really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just sitting ducks, yeah. basically. Yeah. Sitting turkeys. Sitting so, turkeys. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this. So, you said that the 2015s when you, like, all right, I got to start doing something. Mm-hmm. How – when did you start – you said it was gradual. When did you start seeing, like, some effects? Like, okay, I'm making a difference here with, yeah. your, with your trapping and whatnot. Uh, we started having good hatches within – or better hatches, I'll say. Um within a couple years now don't get me wrong we had done predator control off and on you know i mean we we had and that's one thing that's kind of affected southeast you know there's not as many coon hunters around yeah uh, as there used to be and there's not a fur market i mean yeah it's it's, kind of a dying art it it is and and a lot of that has has probably aided in the rise of and i've asked you know sean and other trappers have said are you seeing an increase you know in, in predator numbers or is it just a figment of my imagination he said, "No, it's an increase. I mean, it's really yeah. happening uh, because they're just going unchecked." Well, they're going unchecked, and then I, I remember when I was in school, they talked about how how much humans are changing the habitat. Yeah. You know, whether for you know for like yeah. commercial stuff or whatever. There's so much habitat fragmentation mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. and habitat. If I, I may, habitat fragmentation is a good thing for predators, and yeah. a bad and a bad thing for what is trying is being predated on. Yeah. Because yeah, because yeah, they're more sectioned. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you're creating, uh, and that's kind of a segue to kind of something else on habitat. I mean, you're, uh, you know, and I give people this example because we have a on our lease a 160 acre clear cut, you know, mm-hmm. and I've I've noticed, you know, and I'd like to see the statistics, but what's the average size of a clear cut in the southeast now versus say uh, 1980? They're huge. That's an interesting question. Well, yeah, and and a lot of it is is that you know we the 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 forestry equipment now is more efficient you know mm-hmm. it's more of a production based you right. know and i mean you've got shorter rotations now and i mean there's just a lot of changes in forestry management yeah. that are probably and i may ruffle some feathers on this not very good for the wild turkey no, i would not agree with that um and to me you know it's it's like if that 160 acre was a well-managed you know pine plantation and gets burned every two three years and has lush you know grass out in there where they can nest Man, those predators just aren't going to be as effective in there. Right. That's 160 acres. Once it gets three or four years old, that hen, she's going to nest right on the road. And that encourages edge predation. Those predators walk in that road, and guess what? There's a nest right there. Yeah. So I think some of those things were kind of building up. But, yeah. again, it's not it's not just one thing. I think it's just an yeah. accumulation. There's always we, a bunch of factors. Yeah, and we've, yeah. And we've had some bad, you know, uh, weather during the, the uh, nesting and poult rearing season. In the last few years where we've had some wet Mays and, and first yeah. of Junes that I think, you know, uh, I have not on my place had that big, like, explosive hatch uh, that I'm wanting to see. Now, do I think it's coming? And am I going to boohoo like a baby when I come over the hill and see 50 poults in one bunch? Absolutely. But yeah. I think there's, you know, all we're doing is, is basically increasing the percentage. Yeah. You know, you're not going to have 100% survival. Mm-mm. You know, it's just about can we take it? Can, can we can we help one one nest per couple hundred acres survive or fifty acres or whatever that may be and that that needs to you need to have incremental and realistic goals. Yeah, because I mean even if you say like if you don't have like a fifty pole hatch mm-hmm. like you're talking yeah. about, you're still I mean what tur- I mean if you go from in the morning you hear six turkeys instead of four you know i that, mean yeah heck, absolutely you know? that's a huge difference <laughs> yeah. well hey I, i've been keeping goblin records the last gosh uh 10 years you know and i look back and in a lot of the years that i thought were good years you know i'm going through my day by days right and the difference in a good spring and a, and a mediocre spring a lot of times is you know i heard like you said you heard three turkeys one morning versus the next year where you heard one that morning right so that that perception is not we're not very far off from people saying oh you know is this is good old days again. I mean, yeah. so. If you look at it, you only have to get one or two turkeys per nest to survive. Yeah. Extra. Yeah. Normal to get that. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's I saw something too in the Mississippi report that was pretty back to the poult per hen numbers. So the poult per hen numbers were were dropping, but they found that the um, 
what was it, observe poults per hen, which means if they saw a hen that didn't have any poults, they threw her out of the, the, the numbers. If they saw a hen that had poults, how many did she have? Those numbers have been pretty steady. Gotcha. So that tells me it's not it's not as much a survival once they get out of the egg. It's Our issue is when they're In they're it. just never being born. Right. Because, you know, that – that's the thing about it. you've seen a nest. Have you ever seen a nest that has had one or two eggs eaten and the rest of them are sitting there? Mm, I think once. Yeah, that's that's an anomaly though. Yeah, usually that coon, she they you know, usually just tore apart. She's gonna I've sit ne- there and eat I've, every I've one of them. I've never seen that. Yeah. yeah, all I've seen is busted up nest. Yeah, or in yeah, the in the part. Sometimes apart, I see. But that. I have walked up on like it may have been just because they were in the hatch or something. Mm-hmm. A couple, I don't know, but I walked up on one. I think it's two springs ago. It had two or three eggs broken in it. But they may have hatched. I don't know. It's around the end of the season. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah, I've never seen but that. Other than that, I've never seen anything. Yeah. I usually everything's torn apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, well, as far as, you know, X's and O's of what I do right. on my trapping, I'm, I'm, I'm running a mix of cage traps. Uh, in Duke Pecan up there in West Point, um, they make a, a great cage-style trap, and, and they've, also got a great dog proof trap that I use. Yeah. Uh, and the thing about dog proofs is you can you can call up there and, and talk to the fellow up there and get you know a deal on a bunch of them all at once. And I mean those things are not that expensive. Yeah. Uh, you just you know I think you can get them for ten to twelve bucks you know per. And I mean heck you can get a couple dozen for a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean that's pretty doggone efficient. Yeah. You know and cheap and uh, so on my I'm basically again doing saturation where i'm i'm working my road nets you know uh, stuff that i can check pretty pretty fast right. i mean i gotta have speed because i mean i ain't doing this you know every day and i ain't doing it you know for a living so basically i'm i'm again having about 30 or 40 um i'm, I'm baiting both my cage you know lifestyle traps and then my my dog proof traps with uh marshmallows uh vanilla and then sprinkling some dog food around it just as a kind of trailing scent so mm-hmm. and i found that's very effective. Everything I use as far as baits cheap because when you're running that many, you know, if you start using, you know, Uncle Johnny's magic, you know, yeah. bait mix or whatever at, you know, 10, 10 bucks of, you know, half gallon or whatever, I mean, that's going to add up. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, but it's just, um, I, I really like that bait mix and it's been pretty effective. So, I mean, I tell you one place that a lot of people, you know, are very successful around deer feeders, you know, you yeah. get game picks and you'll have, you know, 10 of them hanging off the, the, the feeder. Mm-hmm. That's a great place to go in there with about five or six DPs and end that problem. Yeah, or, you, you can know, just wipe quick. them out. Yeah. yeah. High yeah. concentration. Yeah, and that that's one way to be more effective uh, on, a, on a, I guess you'd say, a lower impact level is where, in, and I'm going to do some of this during turkey season, where I'm going to do some pre-baiting where I go in there and kind of, Sweeten up an area with uh, a lot of people do this with like Jello mix and yeah, stuff where they I've heard about that. they get yep. them coming into an area with you know dog food, marshmallow stuff like that mm-hmm. stuff that ain't baiting turkeys, right? But it's baiting these coons to come in there. Yeah, and you come in there with once you realize they're there and see sign, put yeah. five or six DPs and take them out at yeah, once. Yeah, I've heard of folks doing that with hogs mm-hmm. before they move a trap yeah. in. They kind of get them established yeah, in that's there right. and then they move the trap in. Yeah. So, anyways, but it's right now I'm having a I'm really having to shift off the roads because I've I've just I've got where I'm hardly catching anything, and right. just basically the good thing about DPs you can be. What I do is I get a you know a little piece of rebar you know uh, two two and a half feet long, and I take it in a vise and and basically fold it over where it's kind of a stake and and just run it through my uh, run it through my chain, and, and yeah. you can you can carry five or six of those in the woods mm-hmm. with you, and just where you get around water or something like that and start seeing sign. And put them up, you know, and I mean that's a that's a great way to get off the trail and go find them. Yep. So. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder. I mean, like, I wonder how many. I wouldn't think. You know, you talk about a guy that has a, a farm, you know, or a place or a lease, whatever. If you get, if they're not doing any form of predator control, predator control, and you could just get them doing something like that. I mean, spend a little bit of time, a little bit of extra money. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that much money, not yeah. the, not that much time and effort. And they see potentially, like, I mean, a couple of years, maybe a year later, maybe two years later, you got two more turkeys gobbling on your place. Yeah. I would do that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, not just for the sake of hunting them, but just like you said, for the sake of knowing that you're helping your yeah. turkeys, you know? Yeah. Like you said, they, I think, anyway. Well, and my, like, my experiences, if 
I have one or two more goblin turkeys on the place. That means after I screw up the other three or four, usually I got another one to go to. You know. Yeah. Well, well, we and we we talk about this a lot. You know, I mean, really, your your spring, uh, the quality of it is is the number of goblin turkeys you have because they create mm-hmm. that feeding, for, especially when you have those two year old crops. Love them. You know, and I've I've got a place or two that have had a you know good Jake crops, and I mean it's it's going to be fun this spring on right. those places because. Those two-year-olds keep things stirred up. No, I mean they they keep things going and the gobbling going longer and and things like. And also, when you have a good two-year crop of of gobblers, you're gonna have a good two-year crop of hens, and so yeah. you're gonna have more hens to prolong things where right. that breeding cycle stays a little bit longer. So yeah, yeah I mean, uh, I I just I think for a long time, you know, the habitat was such in the southeast that. You didn't have to do a whole lot, and turkeys just and, – no. and also, you know, they say that all po- all game populations have an escalation period and then a level-off period and ev- even a you know period where things decline, decline a little bit, yeah. just naturally. Everything yeah. levels and, itself out. Yeah, everything levels itself out. But I guess my thing is if, if – and the good thing about trapping is, and we're going to talk about burning here in a minute, but, you know, somebody can trap on their lease – to help turkey numbers they can trap on public land you know make it fun you know in february and and, and while they're scouting i mean trapping something everyone can do yeah not everyone can burn or plant chief patches and stuff like this right. but everyone can trap yeah so if everyone would take the thing that hey this is just i'm gonna make this a fun part of my love for the wild turkey i think we can see some some big increases yeah i would say so i mean you take the time to go out there and put out cameras and mm-hmm. all that and go back and check them same thing checking traps putting out traps. yeah pretty much i would say the time that you put in be probably be pretty similar like tell a quick story about where we hunt in new mexico turkeys yeah that's about I, predator control so that's yeah that's a good point um this place that we target in new mexico we also do some elk hunting out there mm-hmm. and then we we don't hunt antelope out there but they have some guys that do um and so they started bringing in a trapper uh, because they have, I mean, like the coyotes, and they have coyotes and bobcats. They have mm-hmm. uh, mountain lions yeah, that we ran yeah. into one of those. I mean, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of stuff. That's spooky. Yes, it is. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so the first year I went there, um, I mean, we had a good hunt, but we didn't, I mean, we didn't hear or see that many turkeys. Mm-hmm. You know, the Merriam's mm-hmm. out there. Um, I think Troy we killed. Troy and said that's average here. Yeah. Three or four turkeys on this place. He, said, yeah. he said, man, it's beautiful out here. Turkeys are great because I, I was expecting, you know, it's because it's a very big place, you know. Mm-hmm. I was expecting turkeys to be everywhere, and they just weren't. Yeah. You know, he said, "There's, he said, yeah, there's usually you know just two or three key places where we hear them, and you know, if we kill two or three turkeys, that's you know we're doing good." It's like, okay, cool. And we just, I think we killed two that trip, something mm-hmm. like that. No, 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 we killed three. I'm sorry. Um, the very next year, we went back, and every we always, I think me and Troy got there a day early again, just kind of we weren't mm-hmm. hunting yet. We we're mm-hmm. waiting on Will and Brad, and we're just kind of listening. And you know, riding around, and we—is that what you told Will and Brad, or is that the what first the first year we did the second? Yeah, <laughs> but we heard, and the first stop we made, I, like we were like something's different because mm-hmm. we were hearing turkeys everywhere, just chain goblin, just all around, we, just every spot, yeah, like every, every spot, spot we yeah. went to. There mm-hmm. wasn't no two or three key places. Yeah. You're like, well, the, yeah, you know, um, and on the way back out. We're, and we were seeing turkeys too, because we went mm-hmm. days we went and checked a few fields. We're seeing turkeys, and on the way back out, we'd, we're driving out a different way, and there's a coyote standing in the road, and we're like, "Look at that coyote! What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Why is he just looking at us?" And then he goes to run, and that coyote cannot run. He was caught. He had done been caught. Done been caught. And they had been trapping on that place for two years, mm-hmm. and they started trapping for the antelope, you right. know, because they, for the their uh, fa- their fawn crop had started declining, yeah, yeah. and they had never tried any yeah. regimented predator control. Mm-hmm. And we start the, I mean, this guy came in and he stayed at the plant because it's a large ranch. They run cattle on yeah. it. And he, every year, he, he's been there every year since he comes, stays out there mm-hmm. for like two or three weeks. Very, very, you know, just, you know, strict They're catching trapping. They're a hundred cows a year off this plant. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. but like the antelope, the small game, the turkeys are, they exploded. You see rabbits. Yeah, 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 that's a good point because that's what I noticed after our trapper came was just rabbits were everywhere. Yeah. And he said that was going to happen. That's the I, easiest thing for a coyote to catch. Well, and i tell you something else, too, that I've, I've caught on the last. We, we started, I guess, having him come in. That was three years ago. And our deer have gotten yeah. almost docile. 
I mean, you drive the truck 100 yards from yeah. them now, and they don't run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he said that's one of the th- effects you're going to have. It's yeah. just they're not, they're not naturally being chased 24-7 like they were. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. And um, it, and kind of like you said, like we saw – I mean, we did see a significant difference after they started doing that. Mm-hmm. But then I think it was like three or four years after we started doing it, it was Jordan's first time going out there. How many turkeys did we hear that year? Over 50. Yeah. My gosh. I mean, you know, we are talking about Merriam's here, so it's a little bit of a different yeah. animal. But I'm talking like – I was like I, – I I told Jordan, I said, I've never heard this many turkeys on this place. Mm-hmm. I was like, I've no, it's gotten better every year, but yeah. this is this is substantial. I mean, yeah. they were everywhere. Everywhere. It was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And it you don't see coyotes anymore. Saw a mountain crazy. lion, but we didn't see because you can't, you know. Well, and I, I heard – I was talking to an uh, outfitter from down in South Florida and, and where the – you know, they got the cougars down there. Right. And uh, anyways, he, he said that they – if they see a raccoon or a possum, it's like noteworthy. Yeah, they've come in those those cougars have gone in there and killed all the raccoons and possums. Really, mm-hmm. and he said that he drove up the other day on a group of twenty five jakes, and I said, man, I hadn't seen twenty five jakes in 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 the last three four years combined. Yeah, and he came around the corner and saw another group of jakes. I'm like, my gosh, yeah. but I think there's something to it. Yeah, you know those those cougars are basically eating all the. You know the nest predators. And hogs too. You don't. See oh yeah, hogs yeah. Down there. That's what he said. You don't see hogs. I said, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bring us some cougars. Well, it's obvious we need to start trapping cougars and transplanting yeah, them. We worked in Yellowstone can, with them wolves. You know. Can we spay some cougars and turn them loose in something County Alabama? We can Ooh. figure this out, man. Yeah, a couple calves go missing. That'd be a bad yeah. deal. <laughs> Everyone on this podcast is following along until we start about translocating cougars. Yeah, we're not doing yeah. that. Okay. Everyone just went. Drop that idea. <laughs> How oh. many people are going to be listening to this, by the way? I didn't ask y'all this. We so. got about four or five dedicated maybe, listeners. Maybe ten on a good day. Okay. Look, I appreciate y'all. I thought of something last night. Y'all, and I, I know this, it's a branded thing, but y'all need to re, uh, call this the Country Pickle Podcast. The con- <laughs> <laughs> hey, you'd be diversifying your. You'd be able to talk about gardening and all sorts of things. <laughs> We'd be diversify diver- your, yeah. your 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 fan base. <laughs> the only thing I think our fan base would go from five to two. <laughs> five to two. Yeah, because my mom would still be listening and Jordan's daddy would still be listening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope my wife will listen to this. <laughs> I'm gonna have to play it for her to uh, listen to it. She hears me talking. Up. Let's talk about what can we talk about next? We get oh, burning. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about some burning. Yeah. Well. I hope we can get some burning done this year. Good grief. Yeah. You know, it, it's like and, and and that's what I was telling somebody the other day, like this season has really kind of snuck up on me. Yeah. And y'all may be the same way because y'all go grind so hard from gosh, September to Yeah, we're leaving in two and a half, three weeks. Yeah. Well, I and was almost in a funk this year because it rained so much around Christmas. The uh. sun didn't come out for two and a half weeks. And it just kind of threw me off because usually around January the 1st, that first little warm day, I, my neck starts getting a little red. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I break some yeppers out and start annoying my wife and all that. And, and this year's just been different now. Don't get me wrong. When it's go time on – we're <laughs> March 16th this year. They backed us up a day. Oh, Anyways. heck. Yeah, they're going to a third Saturday sort of concept. Hey. Oh, well. Whatever. It's for the kids. Man. It's for the kids. <laughs> it's for the kids. It's for the youth. That's right. So – so I got to get a lot of burning done between now and because yeah. I usually try to stop by turkey season, especially when they start nesting. I, that's just you know, I just try to stay out of there and keep it quiet. But uh, so our farm was basically a cattle farm. We've slowly, you know, uh, I mean I'm not a I'm not a cow man, so you know I right. got an eight to five job, and so we started converting it to a little bit more mix where we're going in and planting, you know. Loblolly pine, some uh, CRP and, and, and hardwoods. But uh, I'd say we've been through our first inning on, you know, the majority of the stuff we planted and uh, and got on a pretty aggressive, uh, even did some right before we thinned, a pretty aggressive prescribed burn regimen. Um, I think it's, and, and let me just say this, the caveat, and, and, and please, people, listen to me. Do not go watch a YouTube video and think you're going to go burn your place. You need really to to, to go through a certified burn class, uh, shadow a forester. I mean, you need to learn a lot about it because it is not the easiest thing in the world to do uh, if you don't know what you're doing. Now, yeah. we've 
we've we've learned about conditions and and about smoke management and fire intensity management and all that stuff through the years and and the preparation that needs to go in and to make sure you have a safe burn but folks don't need to just watch a youtube video or read some article and think they're going to go burn it's yeah. a lot more complicated than that. i usually you just run a, get a drip torch and a, a blower and go out there and yeah. i usually just run a ring fire through all my oh yeah just, hey torch it man i just let torch it go it. yeah i said get that let thing let the good hot. lord decide if those trees are yeah, yeah you know wildfire <laughs> good grief uh, folks we're, we're kidding of course uh but uh you know the thing about prescribed burning is it really you know is a is a just going through the life cycle of of a live lolly pine you know i mean you're going to get of course right before and a lot of our stuff was you know old fields that we actually went in there the first couple of years and bush hog between so it was pretty clean up right, underneath it right you do something that was an old clear cut or something you're gonna have a lot more sweet gum and mm. briars and stuff like yeah. that in there a lot of fuel yeah a lot of fuel in there and so you probably need to wait until after your first inning and then on get on your prescribed but we've actually gone in there and really, uh, the last few years, we've learned a lot about uh, smoke management and fire intensity management. We're just trying to get that that layer of duff, that you know, pine straw, whatever you know, undergrowth we have that we don't want, briars, things like that. Try to get them out of the way so that you know more nesting habitat. Yeah. Uh, and turkeys, I mean, as soon as you burn and it starts graining up in there, it's like a green field for them. Yeah. I mean, they love it. I mean, they're bugging out there. I mean, it becomes. Really, basically, in a lot of cases, it takes a place that a turkey was not going to use and makes it something they can use. So it, it increases mm -hmm. your carrying capacity. I will say, when I start seeing smoke, I start dropping pins. Yeah, <laughs> on National Forest. Oh, yeah. Um, not no, okay. no, not on National. When I was in... <laughs> When I was in college, <laughs> it was the first time I experienced anything. You climbed on top of the stadium and looked out at the refuge. That was a couple of times. Yeah. But the first time, <laughs> now I went hunting one morning to a spot that I've been hearing some turkeys in. It's an undisclosed location. But I got there, and I, you know, I parked my truck, and I start walking. I was like, smoke, you know. Mm. And, I, you know, I didn't put anything together. I was like, whatever, you know, I was good to walk. And Other than turkey season, smelling smoke me is like smelling coffee and donuts yeah. <laughs> i mean during turkey season that's what it smells like to me i'm like yeah. mm, that's something good going yeah, i love it hey your, your clothes because you ain't supposed to wash your clothes during if you go in a fresh burn and it comes back smelling like smoke just and you got soot on your butt and stuff just, yeah man it's a great smell <laughs> but i remember because i got to where i wanted to listen from the first watch of that and at the time i didn't realize all the turkeys that i'd been hearing were on this side of the road well this other side had just been burned mm -hmm unknown to you know unbeknownst to me and it's still very dark and i but i you know i feel I, at this point the, mm -hmm. the smell of smoke had gotten so like i was like okay they obviously burned this all the turkeys were gobbling over here i was like mm -hmm. oh they're in there yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey I, I killed one several years back uh there was there was still uh smoke coming up from a stump you know they'd burn it three or four days before, yeah. before and turkey was walking i wish i had a video it was awesome yeah but yeah, it was, so real, it was real same, dark. Yeah, same yeah. way with me. That story we told a couple yeah. weeks ago about me sneaking off and Jesse's supposed to go with me or whatever. Oh, he's a liar. Say what? He's a liar. I went driving down this road and I looked to the right and it's like you know second week of March mm -hmm. and they just burned it like day before. A turkey came walking through the smoke. Yeah, pretty thing. I couldn't see him until it was like thirty yards away. And you didn't have so a camera. Good. You're missing all the good opportunities. He didn't have a camera. He sold. Yeah. He sold me out to go film that afternoon. So and he, Jesse. He, no, 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 no. He said, "Hey, man, I ain't seen my wife in a while. Can you film it for <laughs> Wilbur this afternoon so I can go eat supper with my wife?" And he goes hunting. Yeah. I tried to get her to go. He's a liar. I went scouting, and there happened to be a burn there, mm -hmm. and I was like, "I gotta try it." Yeah. Yep. But that was yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, but it's uh, – I had a cool – well, that's even cooler, but I had a cool picture a year, few years back. I took – gosh, we had just burned it. We were going down – I mean, literally had burned it the day before. And we're going back just to make sure all the fires were out and smoke or whatever, and there was a picture of a turkey's track in the fire break mm -hmm. with the, the soot just black outline. I wish yeah. I had framed it or something. Probably lost it when my phone crashed. So, yeah. anyways. But it's it, – it, I just – and you want to get on a rotation, you know. We, you don't want to burn everything every year. I mean, you want kind of your your place. I mean, if you've got say, eighty acres of stuff that can be burned, you know, try to break it down into smaller sections yeah. and have stuff that's you know a little bit thicker, you know, for a little bit better nesting habitat. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, by say May and you know, 
even parts of June, you know, that, that place, that grass is going to grow up. It's pretty good nesting that first year. Yeah. Where it gets really good, though, is the second, you know, second year. So that's why you want to kind of balance it out where, you know, you got stuff that they can, they can nest in, you know, as well as forage in and just bug and things like that. Right. Um, and so we've actually started breaking down our plantations. You know, we did a fifth row thinning on it. So we went in um, after all the stumps had, had died and started breaking our our plantations into smaller sections. What that allows my dad and I to do is, you know, we'll we'll light a backfire on one section mm-hmm. and just kind of see what the smoke's doing because we're close to an interstate, so smoke is a big concern. For right. us. We got to burn on the right day. I mean, we yeah. we basically. If we see it's going to be a good burn day, I mean, and we're ready. Y'all jump on it. We jump on it, yeah. and that's all we do all day is burn. Yeah, you know? I understand. Yeah, because you, I mean, you got to jump on opportunity. Yeah, you got to jump on opportunity because, I mean, we, we can't burn on marginal days. I mean, we, we look at an index, and, I mean, when the, you know, the, the mixing heights, 5,500 feet, and, you know, and, you, and that's a good tip. You need to learn all that stuff mm-hmm. if you're wanting to burn because, you know, your dispersion index, I mean, that's how quickly the smoke's going to disperse. I mean, your stability class, which means how – if your wind's going to be coming out of the same direction and not swirling because, mm-hmm. you know, I've talked to foresters that they have to burn a lot. They can't pick necessarily their best days. I right. mean, they got to burn, you know, they're yeah. burning five, 6,000 acres, you know, in a month. Yeah, they got to make it work. They got to make it work. So a lot of times they're burning on, on days where, you know, that stability class may be C or D. And they say, I mean, you'll be burning, it'll be, wind will be just a cool backfire and buddy, it'll turn. And I mean, it's off to the races, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have to go back and tell a boss man that hey, we torched some trees. That one got there. a little out of hand. Yeah, Sorry about it happened. That. Yeah. But uh, but no, we we started breaking our sections down, and and once we see that that cool backfire, and most of what we do, we try to keep things cool, and we've controlled our undergrowth such that, you know, we don't have to get it really hot to kill a lot of sweet gum and stuff like that. So we'll we'll let it walk off the line for a while, and then we'll we'll start lighting these smaller sections, and they may be you know. Uh, I don't know. I'd say you know we're not we're not doing every fifth row and breaking it that small, but we'll we'll break it down where you know our sections will be 150 200 yards wide. Right. right. Um, so we'll let it creep off, and and once we say, hey man, this smoke's good, it's getting up, getting out of here, we'll just start walking our backfires and getting that established, and right. then if we need to speed things up for whatever reason, we'll start running some strips. I mean, last yeah. year I walked 13 miles one one day burning. <laughs> Yeah, I was I iced down my feet then. Yeah, just a drip torch and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's I ain't gonna say I, I enjoy it as much as turkey hunting, but it ain't far off. See, I, every person I know that kind of does like, like I said, what mm-hmm. you're doing on their place, they they're the same way about it. They yeah. love it. They yeah, love the it, trapping. They love the burning. They love all of it. Well, and, and that's what I was talking with a uh, um, guy named Dave Owens. It's, you may have seen the pin pride. He's starting, you know, in Florida and going all the way to yeah, Maine. Yeah, Jordan no, knows he's him. A, he's, yeah. a, he's a champion crow caller. Yeah. Champion crow caller. No, 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 no. It's the hoot owl. Hoot uh, Oh. Is he crow? I don't peacock. know. Peacock. Peacock. Well, I was about to say peacock. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So he starts in Florida and then in, in, until Maine. I mean, by the last of the season, I don't know if you watched his video, he, he was looking rough. Sorry, right. Dave. But, but <laughs> hey, hey, it's part of it. But I'm more of a homebody that's obsessed yeah. with turkeys like i'm gonna hunt every day i can in alabama you know i don't do a whole lot of traveling after right. that because i'm i'm worn out but the preseason stuff to me is a part of turkey season yeah. for me it's yeah. it's maybe i've just tricked myself like that but man i the the trapping and the burning and you know yeah. all the other you know habitat management stuff that's a part of my turkey yeah, season no, I, experience. That, that's like deer season. Yeah. We start in July. Yeah. That's planting food plots and yeah. cameras and minerals and all that And stuff. that's a great point. You know, people have, have gotten in their mindset about deer that, like, you know, we're going to grow and, and reap the benefits. I think we need to trick ourselves and, and, and convince ourselves we need to be doing the same thing for turkey. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you've got 40 acres or 4,000. You, you can do things on your property. If you own land or even if you lease and you're able to work with the landowner and have permission, they may not burn for you yeah. or let you burn, but you can still trap, you yeah. can still plant clover, There's things stuff like that. that you can do, yeah. yeah. There's something you can do. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I think we've gone to where we're in an age, uh, I'm not going to say we're getting to a new normal, but where we can't sit back and just go out opening day and, and not do anything habitat management, predator control, anything like that, and, and here eight, ten turkeys. I, yeah. I think the the good tracts of land that are managed right and things like that are, are going to be 
okay. Mm-hmm. But we got a lot of marginal habitat that needs a little bit extra love and care yeah, right now. I would agree. So. Yeah. Let's, um, I get, I mean, we are kind of running. I mean, both of us got both, all of us have both teeth back too, but I want to touch on some, let's talk about some hunting. Some hunting. Yep. We talked about all the other fun stuff. Let's talk. So let's talk about. Well, heck, let's talk about what we're going to hit first. Yeah. Early, early season. Yeah. Early season spring turkeys. Well, in in part of my, you know, I listen a lot before the season. Do a lot of scouting. Right. But but I'm also I've changed a lot the last few years. And I think it's a lot of it's just you know I've I've I don't have the numbers I did and don't have kind of the the dirt. I've gotten real low impact in my preseason scouting. Right. And my listening strategy has changed a lot. Well, another thing with that, if you've been hunting these areas forever, you know, kind of know where the yeah, turkeys going to be. you know where they're going to be. Yeah. So I, I typically start listening, I mean, probably the end of February, you know, 1st of March. And then everybody gets excited. You know, people are hearing turkeys gobble now, like, oh, they're going to gobble out. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, no. I think a lot of it's just that's the boys getting together and having a good yeah. time and figuring out who's the boss. Yeah, I'm not, I hear that scare every year. Yeah. It's going to be early. They're going to be early. Well, a lot of times they're gobbling up. I mean, just like they're gobbling up hens during the, the – they're gobbling to start establishing the flock. Right. Um, and so, you know, they're just going through the normal. But uh, I start listening, you know, again, the, the end of February, 1st of March, and I'm, I'm trying to establish kind of inventory. Right. Because I don't winter a whole lot of turkeys on my place for whatever reason. I mean, they just they leave me during the winter and come back during the spring, and yeah. uh, I, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather do that than the opposite. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, I, I'm until about the week before the season, I'm gonna be. I mean, I'm I'm pretty laid back. Like it's hard to explain unless you've been on my place. But I'm able to basically get in and listen to turkeys from four or five hundred yards away. Mm-hmm off in the bottom and they never know i'm there right and uh so i'm just trying to get kind of inventory from a distance and right. not impact them and things like that uh i get a little bit more aggressive in the week and i never you know i never use locators i mean i don't crow i don't owl, i don't use anything you know i never ever am going to yelp to a turkey before the season why starts. not <laughs> i just uh-uh. it really helps I, they you gobble. get them you get them prepped up they gobble at it you mean you just hear you know the ones that want to gobble it yelping i usually call them up and look at them <laughs> i call them up that one that one will come i mean i gotta He'll check come. your spurs out i did call one up tra- trailing a deer in december one time came up gobbling and strutting <laughs> i said boy you lost <laughs> <laughs> the turkey was trailing a deer no i was trailing oh. a deer and heard, heard him gobble a crow and i yelled with my mouth he came up to 13 yards gracious i was wearing orange and everything oh my that's why i mean that's one thing tips wear orange Turkeys love it. <laughs> Apparently. We talked about it. How many times do you have a, a turkey walk up on you when you're deer hunting and you got Hunter's Orange on? Yeah, I had it the other day. We think, me and Jordan have a combined thought that turkeys kind of respond to orange like, like bulls do to matadors with mm-hmm. a red cape. If you got orange, we thought about it. I'm running. Well, y'all need to do some <laughs> extensive studies this year on that. No. Especially when no. Will or Jimmy are hunting with y'all. Yeah. We can put Jimmy like one in the – County jail outfits, you know, the orange and yeah. black stripes. <laughs> that would be a great case study. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> no, but I, I get what you're talking about, yeah, though. You kind of just let them do their thing. And, you and, ain't. and I'm the, the last week before the season, I'm trying to figure out, all right, what, what am I going to do opening morning? Right. Who's who's going to be my boy? That Game I'm going planning. After? And obviously, you're, you're, you know, early season hunting's tough. Like, everybody gets – we get so excited about the first of the season. Man, it's tough because you got these – Big, like, groups of turkeys. I call mm. them super groups. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're going to have three or four longbeards in there, four or five jakes, and ten hens. Yeah. I, I don't care what you say, you know, when you're stepping in the woods, you know, as Toxie says all the time, you're just another hen. doesn't matter how good you yell. Yeah. And it's just tough the first few weeks. If you don't find those solar turkeys that have gotten kicked out of the right. satellite Your turkeys, satellites, yeah. it's going to be really tough to kill turkeys the first week. I know if, where they want to go every yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the first time that I killed a turkey, a longbeard, on the opening morning of the season, exactly that what happened. I pulled off It was it pulled off a satellite mm-hmm. two-year-old. I knew where I'd, I'd gone. I'd, I'd done some preseason. I'd been listening, and there was a wad of them. I, I remember I got in there that morning. And I didn't have to owl. There was an owl hooting himself, mm-hmm. and they were just, yeah. and then this one just kind of got—he was off by himself. 
and bless his heart, he didn't take much. I think I yelped at him like twice. And I had the same thing happen uh, a few years back, and it was the first time I'd ever really noticed this. But it was a it was three long beards, and they were all gosh four or five year old turkeys. One I ended up not spoiler alert, but killed one that had itch in the quarters. But the two other turkeys were strutting around the hen. And every time I yelped, that other one was was paying attention. I mean, yeah. there were seven, eight hens out there. I mean, they they had it good. Yeah. And I just kept working that one turkey. And finally, he just started walking my way and ended up killing them. But, yeah. but I kind of worked him, yeah. and he broke off and wanted to start his own little family. Yeah, because he said these guys are dominating. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, yeah. so yeah. that's what's important. But back to, you know, my, my preseason listing, I mean, if I can find a turkey that's gobbling good on the ground. Yeah. Because, I mean, if they're gobbling good on the ground, usually they're trying to gobble up a hen. They, don't, mm-hmm. they either don't have many hens or they don't have any. Right. And so if I'm consistently hearing one turkey gobbling by himself on the ground, that's going to be my – opening day target that's your game plan now a few years back i had these turkeys gobbling in this creek but i hadn't heard them gobbling for three weeks and i had this elaborate plan i was going to go in there opening day and it was it was two years ago when it was what 30 degrees or whatever it was cold it was cold yeah. and buddy and the wind it, was blowing if i don't if i remember right they it weren't wasn't. in that bottom they were gone yeah. <laughs> vacated and it, it took me three days to find those turkeys again they were just the turkeys will move all right so don't don't get totally, you know, dependent on one area. Try right. to try to still do some scouting, but I'm, I just, I, tr- I try to caution people when I talk to them, like, man, just be low impact. You yep. don't want them to know that you're in the world until they hear that shotgun blast on opening day. Mm-hmm. What? Here's one thing, and I like it, the thought just kind of crossed my mind because you know, like you're talking about in the early season, they're still going to be in wads. Mm-hmm. And I just remember I saw this picture. You know, we all scroll through Facebook, especially when turkey season. All right, who's killing them? Who's killing them? It was like the open. It was the open day in Mississippi. And I, I scroll this picture. I, I don't even know who these people were. I think it was on one of them turkey hunter pages. The opening day, they had four of them lined up that they just they just busted, and which is perfectly legal. There were four yeah, of them. Yeah, they yeah. each shot yeah. one. But I was like, goodness, man, you just <laughs> go ahead and sing the woods, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, you know, years. Uh, there are some years. I mean, we had some. I mean, uh, I was looking back through Facebook the other day, and there was a year. Gosh, I think it was 2012. That I, was it, the spring. Gosh, oh my goodness! It, it was it was so good from the opener almost all the way through yeah. the season. And and I remember uh, it was March 17, 2012. I said that's the best turkey hunt day in Alabama history because I literally. You know, I'm on a group text with a bunch of buddies, and, and you know, I, I say dead turkey, and, like, ten minutes later, like, I get, like, seven responses, us two. I mean, it was nuts how many turkeys. I mean, we had five of, I think, five or six in camp were killed that morning. Crazy. I mean, it was nuts, but it was just a year where you had a lot of two-year-olds, and the cycle was a little bit ahead. Yeah. And so you had turkeys that were basically had already kind of done their breeding business and were just walking around, especially two-year-olds. Yeah. Where you at? Where you at, girl? I'm telling you, a two-year-old. When you got a lot of two-year-olds and they ain't they ain't got hens, woo! Hmm. It's it's a kamikaze fest. I love it. It could, it'll make me feel like a good turkey hunter. Exactly. That's it. I I I, ooh, I love to gobbling two-year-olds make the world go round. They do. Hmm. But yeah, I get that. Well, what where are y'all? I hadn't even asked questions to y'all. Like, where are y'all gonna hit up this year? Starting in Florida. And I'm mad about it. Why are you mad about starting in Florida? That's a very facetious comment. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, man, you're, you're, you're too privileged. I ain't stopped going to Florida since. They can't keep me out of there. We got lucky enough to get permission to go back to where Jesse hunted last year, the land of the giants. Mm-hmm. You know that turkey that had <laughs> swords on his like feet? It's like a T-Rex. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I the, thing, the thing literally probably survived the apocalypse. It's very – I mean, I we, it, it, there's no telling how old that turkey was. I remember Jordan walked up to him, and we were looking – one, I mean, like, that turkey didn't flop, like, one time. And so, and his feet was kind of sticking out from under his fan. And I, Jordan, you know, obviously, because I was filming mm-hmm. him and Jesse, and Jordan goes, oh, my goodness. And I'm like, what is he – I was like, he has to be looking at spurs, you You were know? terrified, weren't you? Just yeah. be honest. You were scared like, walking up on him. Like, if he flops, he could, he could uh, he probably could rip your – 
cut your jugular. Yeah. No, he could re- no, look. He could reach your aorta with those things. I'm just, wow, you know. But yeah, I they looked, were sharp too. I looked down bad. at those feet and I said, "Oh dear, I'd never seen one that big All in I person." All I could say was, "What have you done?" Jesse? What have you done? <laughs> they were so. I mean, like they almost didn't look real. They were so big. Those spurs. It was nuts. You, you know, it's like when you walk up on a hog, you know, and you you think, "Oh my gosh, is he dead?" You know, like a three hundred pound. I mean, yeah. you probably thought about putting another one in them. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm kind of scared. Stand back. Stand, Stand back. back. Let, are his eyes closed or open? Don't let him fly. Touch him. He'll take us all out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but yeah, that'll that'll be being able to start in Florida. That's a uh, that's well. A I'll keep y'all in my prayers. So I know that y'all <laughs> real struggling. So we yeah. come back from Florida. I think we're gonna be down there for about three or four days, and then we got about three days till open in Mississippi, and we get. Three days in Mississippi, and then we're heading to Livingston, Alabama. Really? Yeah. My neck of the woods. I didn't give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to hunt with old Bobby Ray Walker. No, oh, man. Then we're going to hunt his place. Why do you think I was asking him all these questions oh, about we, his place? Yeah. Now we'll know. You're good, man. We'll tell you. <laughs> you should be a FBI investigator. <laughs> really pulled some, that one over you. Yeah, to come in some box room to interrogate somebody. <laughs> so... We're Tell gonna, us how you did it. Yeah. We're going to hunt in Alabama a few days, and uh, I think we're going to Texas after that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Lone Star State. No, we're coming back from Alabama. We're going to hunt around the house with Wilbur and Brad, and then we're going to Texas for four or five days, and then it starts. Like the, the craziness. The start in Texas, it, after that, it's nuts. We come home from Texas for two days, I think, and then go into Iowa, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Kill one of those Volkswagen turkeys up there. Man. The one Jordan killed last year weighed 29 pounds. That's bigger than me. 29 <laughs> pounds. The one I killed weighed 27. I mean, one of those turkeys would be looking at me eye to eye. You see, they're, they're huge. huge. Like ostriches. That, that first, that turkey came running in there. I said, oh, good. You know, I mean, I never, I never hunted the Midwest yeah. for last year. I mean, they, they're ginormous. They're yeah. so big. Yeah, look like a pulling guard. Yeah, <laughs> they look they look like a Volkswagen. Like when Jordan yeah. playing football <laughs> for Lake High School. Back up, man! He's going to tackle you. Back Jordan. up, man! <laughs> Don't let him run me over. <laughs> so we're yeah. leaving there in uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Kentucky. Tennessee, Kentucky. And from Tennessee, Kentucky, we go to Kansas, Nebraska. And then we go to New Zealand. Just kidding. We don't do that. I wish yeah. we did. That would be fun, a fun trip, though. It would be. That would make you feel really good from what I've heard. The, the Someone, when we were we went to New Zealand last year for other kind of hunting, and I said something about turkeys, and they were like, we want to go. I was like, something, he said there was a part where they roosting or whatever, and there was a ton of them. I said, I'd love to sneak in there and, like, listen to them gobbling one more. Cause he, talked about, he said, sneak? He said, just walk in there. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, he's like, I have to push them off the gate to get to drive in. I was like, do what? <laughs> Is no predators. No predators. Yeah. There's no, anyway, that's a rabbit hole to chase, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, there's a little, you remember back when we were kids, you know, and they did this thing in school where they give you a, a pocket, you know, you cut out a little figurine version of yourself and gave it to your granddad to take it to work <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I won't do that with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> like a little pocket day. <laughs> You're with us, Dave. I mean, y'all are going to take out the U.S. Lamb in one year. Is what it sounds like. My goodness. You got a busy spring. Take us. We get us a little pocket, Dave, and take a picture with every turkey we get. Send it to well, him. Well, look. Thanks for being here, Dave. Let's be real, though. You know, we Jordan has some news and and, and a little change in his life yep. coming up. Yeah. You better well, enjoy it while you can. May 18th is supposed to be here, little girl. That's awesome. Yeah. So we're looking excited. What a blessing. Yeah. We got real. our first on the way. It's due in June, so we're. Uh, so. We're right there. You, you're middle of June, right? June seventeenth. Yeah, yeah he planned his better. He knows it won't turkey season won't get in the way. You're cutting the. It's they're just cutting God the edge. having humor is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you're cutting the edge with yours. That means if if we go to Pennsylvania, you won't get to come this year. I, know it. I, I don't not, think you'll be worried about I it. I might not get to go on the last trip to Kansas. We'll just play it by ear. We'll, well, see. well tell me this: How is Pennsylvania? Because you know, I Pennsylvania is one of these blue. You know, I think of blue blood states. Like people right. have been turkey. Turkey hunting there since the the, the pilgrims came. Right, up. yeah. You know, I mean, literally, they've been hunted forever. And I, I just have always had a, a lot of appreciation for Pennsylvania, New yeah. York, Missouri. As, well, let's as say far it like as this, it was a lot of fun. As far as eastern turkeys go, because, I mean, that's what they got up there. I've never seen anything like it. We may uh, just hit it right, but when we went, they were doing it. And you yelp, they're coming. 
they were. But, I mean, it may have just been coincidental. You we know just, what you're saying about making, you know, like you go somewhere and makes you feel like a good turkey hunter. I mean, like our trip to PA last year. I mean, like the the untrained eye would think I was a superstar, and that's a joke in itself. Yeah, we may have, like we may have just got lucky, you know, and hit it right, everything right. And it's condition. beautiful country too. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. It's it's like it's the kind of you know that Pennsylvania and then the trip we made to uh, Kentucky, Tennessee last year was probably the, my favorite as far as chasing turkeys because you're in these hardwoods and there's rolling hills mm, no, and ridges. Man. It's just you know it's different. I love hunting swamp turkeys and even yeah. pine plantation turkeys, but I told somebody I said if I if I got into hunting mountain turkeys, yeah. Like up in you know the Appalachian Trail and yeah. all that stuff right there. I don't think I'd ever come back. Yeah, see, that's I'd how a, that's I'd how be a hermit up there. That's how that, that was. Turkeys. That's how that was because those turkeys in Tennessee, Kentucky. I mean, they're standing on these ridges roosting, and the ridge, you know, three hundred foot drop, pretty steep, and they sound like a dinosaur. It's yeah, it's so much fun. We killed the, the one the the my favorite one of that trip. I was with Brad, and I'm talking. It was just like. Like you couldn't paint a more beautiful morning. Man. It was cool, kind of crisp. The sun was. We we honestly we didn't hear it because we got dropped off and we were like you kind of you know. So where we wherever we were standing, we obviously weren't in the right spot because we didn't hear anything from like roost goblin. Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, let's just kind of keep walking. You'll get back in here, and we get into these this just break and there's just ridges and bottoms and hardwoods and this sun's peeking up over the ridges. You know, the sky's just this yellow and pink. You know. And we hear a turkey gobble. He's on a ridge, and we had to kind of, you know, because we don't really know too much about this country we're on, you know. And we get on the same ridge with him, and we go to yelping, and he starts to gobble. And you know, like the, the high-pressure mornings when every gobble, you can just feel it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like you can feel it. And he just gobble, and he, I, that turkey comes strutting down that ridge through those hardwoods. And that sun was hitting him, and he just, you know, and he just gobble and he'd strut and we just he was coming and we were just enjoying the show we were just mm. watching him come he'd break strut and he'd spin and you hear it was still morning so you could mm. hear them wings dragging in the leaves and i was just was it cold that morning where you could see the, the oh yeah smoke coming just enough i mean i'm talking like it give me chills thinking about it like he it was beautiful yeah. and i mean you know, like and you just look at all them deep hollers it's, oh it was mm. and brad Man. brad ended up shooting him and we Hung him up from a tree and took some pictures and thanked the good Lord for the morning and then towed him out. It was it was it was fantastic. Amen. Fantastic. Oh, guys, I think yeah. Okay, woo. We, hour seven. We done. We done. We pre- talked that long. We did. We did. But I know. Yeah. Me and Jordan Live will get yelled at if we don't get back to the booth. I know you got a booth to get back to too. So. Well, I can't think of you know, and I told Will this. I mean. I, obviously, I had a great mentor with my dad. I mean, my dad, you know, is, is just a great turkey hunter. And, I mean, I grew up, you know, I just – I wasn't a very good athlete growing up, so I didn't I didn't do all – like, turkey hunting was my life growing up. And and I watched so many of the old truths, you know, yeah. through the years and just learned how to hunt from watching those old VHS tapes. Like, right. that was part of my, like, film study, yeah. homework. <laughs> you know, I was reading old magazines and stuff like that. And so I just uh, – I appreciate – Y'all having me on there, it oh, really kind of brings it full circle. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I knew I knew you'd be good to have on here. Good, you know. And I I, honestly, it was. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Well, y'all made it easy, so I'm not a, yeah. not a pro at this, but it's. Uh, well, neither are we. We just kind of we just kind of figure it out along the way. Like Me and Lake always say when they when they giving us crap about messing up a video. Neither one of us said we were good at it. We just said we'd do it. <laughs> yeah, I never told anyone I was good. Yeah, I'll do that. Anyhow, so, guys, we're going to sign off. I hope you all enjoyed the conversation. As always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast.